Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This week on the CVU School Counselor Podcast, we sit down and talk with Peter Booth, the coordinator of RISE. We talk about what is it? We talk about its history. How does it work? How students select their experiences and its purpose. It is a graduation requirement. There are a lot of questions about RISE, and we try and answer some of those questions for you all. As always, we thank you for listening, and we'll be with you again next week. Bye-bye. All right, so we're here to talk today with Peter Booth about RISE. So, Peter, can you tell us the history of RISE, uh, and then we'll go from there. Sure. Uh, RISE um, came out of the work of Abby Bowker and Peter Langella, um, who six or seven years ago began looking at how can we offer courses to students that are um, that are sessions or courses that they have a genuine interest in rather than a course they have to take for high school graduation. And maybe you do like biology, maybe you don't like biology, but you have to take it. This is teachers working to create courses where students are put in a setting where they are learning something they have a genuine interest in. And um, part of the research that Peter and Abby did originally was some research around how much um, how much better students do and how much better humans do maintaining or, or retaining information um, when it's something they're genuinely interested in rather than just like the next math class you have to take. So this sounds an awful lot like a J term. Yes, yes. My wife keeps calling it a J term, and I don't even actually know where the where the phrase J term came from. Because students will have historically done J terms in January or June, like at the end oh. of at the end of semesters. Yes, so it is similar to that. Where the model we have right now is it's the last two weeks of school. So this year it's June first to June fourteenth, and. Um, regular courses, the, the sort of red, red and white four blocks a day course schedule and then exams wraps up on May 31st and then the whole school shifts into rise mode where every student and every teacher in the building are paired up doing um, some session where, where there's a genuine interest on, behalf, on, on the part of both the teacher and the student in the area that they're working on for the two-week period. Can you give us an example of some some rise classes that have granted we haven't done rise in three years because of the pandemic but some rise classes that have happened three years ago i have the my own rise that i taught uh as well as perhaps some examples of what might be happening in the future yeah i don't so so going back it was actually it was it was 2019 um four years ago the last time we did it so actually no kids in the building have ever done rise and um, a quarter of our teachers actually haven't done it because we've had a really yeah that, so that much turned of our teachers huh. have not done rise before. Um, when I did it before, I was teaching and not running rise, um, and I did canoeing and camping, which was um, incredibly popular and incredibly fun. And we uh, went canoeing every single day, worked on canoe safety, and then we had one overnight where the kids prepped for like what are we gonna what is involved in setting up an overnight camping um, event. And, um, and it was super fun and really, really enjoyable. And the kids learned a lot, I think, and had a really good time. And what was really nice about it was the next year when kids were signing up for it, um, two kids who had done canoeing and camping with us came back and said, hey, I know we can't do it again because we've already done it once, but could we sign up and be like 
TAs, like teacher assistants, and be involved <laughs> and be involved before Rise starts with helping you guys put the whole thing together because they really enjoyed um, doing it and they wanted to sort of find a way to access it again and sort of from a leadership perspective, which was great. And the other thing was in the middle of COVID, one of our students who we had in canoeing and camping emailed um, Troy Parody and I, who were the two people who did did canoeing and camping, and said, hey, do you have the list of all the places we went canoeing? I'm, you know, it's COVID, I'm on my own, um, can't really get with people. I'd love to go do some canoeing with my parents in some of the places we went to. So that sort of felt really good that the kid had a good experience, enjoyed it, and then wanted to share that with people in his own family in the middle of COVID, which was great. Um, so some other courses, um, uh, on the spot, trying to come up with But we have the, I'm, I'm sure folks have been to the building and perhaps gone to a sporting event and seen the pizza oven up on, yep. up, up on the, by the field hockey field there by the track. That was a rise project, that I believe. That started as a rise project, but didn't get completed. And finished and as a grad challenge. A Nexus, a Nexus, oh, Nexus student didn't finish The Nexus program finished that up. Um, so it was a lot of hands-on stuff. There was there was tie-dyeing. There was I'm thinking about the you know four years ago. Um, there was mountain biking. A group went and hiked big sections of the Long Trail. Did some overnights on the Long Trail, um, and then some you know some some academic things happened that don't normally happen. Like for example, a German class. They did a two-week German class. There was a junk band class. Um, the French department, the language department, and the theater department came together and like 50 kids put on a French cabaret, developed the whole thing over the course of two weeks and performed it at the very end. Um, so it's a lot of high, it's a lot of really high interest stuff. A lot of it is physical. Um, you know, in June, we all want to be outside, weather permitting. Um, but it was, it was a cross section of, of physical activities and then also sort of more cerebral stuff, like, like more academic sort of stuff that kids, but stuff that kids can't normally access. And mine was, all right, you've been accepted to college. Now what? How do you navigate dining halls, financial aid offices, the registrar's office? Uh, how do you navigate credits, you know, changing majors? So Susie Mokley and I kind of, we took students on, on field trips. We had guest speakers from various schools come in and talk about their campuses outside of the admissions process. That actually reminds me this year, um, there's a teacher who is offering uh, a RISE session, which was really popular in the initial survey with students, um, how to be a college athlete. And she said, it's not like I'm talking to the one kid here who's gonna go play D1 and get a scholarship. I'm talking to like any kid who has enjoyed athletics here at, here at CBU and wants to go to college and wants to be a part of the athletic program in college and sort of what does that look like? How do you balance your classes? How do you, when you have double sessions for practice, how do you navigate that? How do you navigate team dynamics? So all this stuff that that kids have to kind of figure out for the first time when they suddenly find themselves as freshmen on a, on a varsity level or even a, you know, um, clubber, your intramural. Right, exa exactly. So talking about how to balance athletics and, and academics at the college setting where all of a sudden there's no parents saying, hey, when practice is over, is your French homework done? Like you've got so much more freedom in college and balancing athletics and socializing and academics is a challenge. So that, that, that reminds me of a course. The other thing that um, is really interesting or is exciting for me or would be if I was a student is that we have this other thing called um, independent learning seminar, 
where a kid can choose if some kid has some obscure thing they want to learn about that nobody else in the building is interested in. We have a way to help them put that program together over the course of two weeks. What I always think of is these three girls who in 2019 said they wanted to <clears throat> go out in the woods and try to survive for three days on their own. Like a survivor. Like a C yeah, CV yeah, survivor. Right, exactly. All by themselves. And so we, and I was like, I, I wasn't, I only kind of heard about it because I wasn't involved in putting on rise. But my, what I think they did was they packaged up a whole bunch of safety stuff so that, like, worst case scenario, we're going to be safe. And then they duct taped the whole thing together. And then they, I think one of their parents drove them out to, like, the parents, like, the, like a camp in the woods that the, the parents owned. And left the kids there for three for three days, and the, and the idea was, can we get through these three days, and not open like they had duct tape closed this safety pack of huh. all the food they needed and clothing and all this extra stuff to make sure they weren't actually in risk, and they tried to last three days without opening kind of their safety valve of stuff. Which I thought was just like that's an experience that's never going to happen in a high school classroom is a ton of learning and just a really really cool experience. Um, that like when this new students are, are my age, right? They're 54 years old, thinking back on high school, like there's one thing for sure they're not going to forget. And that was when they spent three days in the woods with their friends trying to survive and not open that safety packet. So that's, I felt like that, that idea of like, we can do anything we want as long as we can explain what we're going to do, what we're going to learn. That, that's a really good example of embracing Rise and making it really powerful. Uh, it's... So you you've said a couple times all students. So is this and and I'm and I'm asking from the school counselor perspective the the person whose job it is to look at transcripts and make sure a student has the credits necessary to graduate. Is rise cuz I know what the board has said I'd like you to explain is rise a graduation requirement. Yeah, so rise is a graduation requirement which means that every student needs to do rise for all 4 years that they're at CBU. Obviously, we're sort of restarting the program, and it hasn't run in four years. So, obviously, seniors graduating this year don't need to have four years of rise because it hasn't been an option. That'd be hard. That'd be that'd be a big lift for a two week period of time. Um, so, it is a graduation requirement, and um, what that look I mean like all things in in high schools, there's sort of a gray area that if, <clears throat> for example, this year if it's, if you're a senior, right, and um, RISE is about to start and you're signing up for your two courses and you're all excited about it and then you end up in the hospital or you get sick and you can't come to school or something. I, I find it hard to believe that Adam Bunting is going to say, sorry, you were sick during RISE. You missed that box. You can't graduate. Um, so kind of in, in honest good faith, right? you need to make an effort right. to complete these experiences and the program is flexible enough that if there's something you genuinely want to do that's not in the list of offerings, like survive for a week in the woods without <laughs> opening my safety valve, then that's that falls within the realm of yeah the the umbrella of rise. The, yeah, the umbrella of rise really at, at its broadest is is you've you've got two weeks. The school is trying to find things that you want to learn about in those two weeks. If those things don't work for you, what do you want to do? And we have, I've already had a parent email me and ask if they can, uh, they want to go on a trip on the last two weeks because it coincides with a son who's in college and they want to know what happens if their child goes, they want to go to Italy for the, for like a 
a little bit longer than the rise time. And I said, your child still has to do rise, but we can integrate that into your, if your family's going to Italy, we can integrate that into, and the student said, oh, well, I'm actually really interested in art, and I would love to go and do some studying of Italian art while I'm there. And so they sort of have created, we're going to help them put together their own personal curriculum of what they're going to do to fulfill that learning about something you're interested in while they're in Italy. So um, it's definitely not meant to be a burden. It should be something, it should, rise should be a time. I mean, the, the entire point of rise is you're doing something that you are genuinely interested in doing and you want to be doing. That said, we definitely don't want people to, to be thinking, oh, so real school ends May 31st and then I can do whatever I want, come to school, don't come to school for the, for the 10 days from June 1st to 14th. And there is, you know, there is, um, there's a cut appeal process. If you miss some number of days of rise, you can be cut out of a course altogether if you are, are miss a certain number of days. So it is, it is an, it is an obligation that a kid has to meet. There is some, there's a lot of accountability. Yes. A lot of accountability, but the hope is that students are able to, and parents and families are able to embrace the idea that the school is setting aside time and money to help their student discover things that they are genuinely interested in pursuing. So let's talk about let's talk about the process of choosing your rise because I think that is we've talked about what it is, kind of how it operates, is it a requirement? But none of that matters if you're forced into a program that you don't want to do. So can you tell us there, there's some things that have happened already in the building and you're working mm -hmm. towards some so the opportunities where students will be selecting their rise. Can you talk about kind of that, what, what has already happened and where you see it going? Yeah, so what we did um, for the first uh, couple months of the school year was I worked with teachers and teachers developed courses and course descriptions, which is basically like a paragraph, a couple of paragraphs explaining what their idea was for rise. I then uh, collected all those, organized them, made them all um, fit a sort of form. And then students were given a survey where they were they were given every single RISE course description. Um, there were 92 of them, I think. Um, and they were asked to go through with a piece of paper where they had them on a piece of paper as well. So they kind of could go back and forth between a computer screen and a piece of paper and pick out the five that they were interested in or up to five that they were interested in doing. Um, and was really interesting. One of my, I, I did a test run beforehand in my advisory to make sure the form was going to work and stuff. And the some of my kids who are often sort of negative about like, oh, why do I have to do this? This is dumb. Blah, 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 that blah. never happens. Right, never, right. Um, they were like, wait, I can't choose only five. There's like way more than five things I have to do. And I said, well, you've got four years to do it. You don't have to do them all right now. But the fact that my kids were complaining about only being able to select five they were interested in told me that teachers had done, done a pretty good job of finding courses that kids were in or sessions that kids were interested in. So I was happy about that. So over the course of a week, uh, out of our student body of 1,300 kids, 1,000 kids filled out that survey. So I felt like we had really good data. If 1,000 kids out of 1,300 had yeah. done the data, I feel like we've got a good cross-section. So I then went through all that, looked at the results, and there were, of course, there were of course, sessions that were wildly popular, like no surprise, like 324 kids said they wanted to do Italian dessert making. That's not a big surprise. Um, then at the other end, there were courses that were less popular. 
And those are the teachers that I've been talking to. And there's sort of a, a couple different reasons that I think those courses weren't popular. Some of them were just kids weren't interested. A couple of them, the teacher and I have talked talked about it, and the description what didn't really capture what was going to be happening, and kids didn't sort of see the power, didn't didn't see the interest. And I don't want to name names or sessions, but the one session where the teacher and I said, "Yeah, this is going to be an incredibly popular course," the description just didn't capture that. I, I I want you to run this, even though it was not very popular in the survey, because I know the kids are going to want to do this once we explain it in a better, in a better way. Um, so that process happened, and we sort of have used that to make sure the courses we have are interesting, are interesting to kids. And if they aren't, some of those teachers who were, they were like, yeah, kids don't want to do this. I was like, yeah, I agree. Kids don't want to do this. Let's find something else to do. So we're taking those 92 courses, probably going to whittle them down to like 89 or 90 that kids are really interested in. And, um, and then probably we're still working on the scheduling, but I think Right when we get back from February break, so early in March, um, signups, actual, not, not a survey, but an actual signup will begin um, where kids will be choosing what they want to do. One of the uh, important elements of the RISE program that was put together was that it's multi-age. So the way signups will work is um, the first day, signups will open for seniors. And seniors can sign up for any class they want. But in a given class, only a third of the sessions of the slots will be open. So, for example, if a class has 24 slots, on the first day when only seniors can get in, there will only be eight slots open. So if eight seniors sign up, the ninth senior won't be able to get into that course. They'll have to look for something else. Then the second day, when juniors are signing up, any course, any slots that weren't chosen by seniors will still be there. And there'll be an additional, additional eight, eight. additional eight for juniors. And then there'll be um, like um, like a sixteenth for, or I'm sorry, I'm a math teacher. There'll be <laughs> there'll be one sixth available for sophomores and one sixth available for freshmen. Although by the end, freshmen any slot that's open will be open because they'll be the last ones to sign up. Um, so they will be multi-age, and it's not going to be like oh, all the seniors get all the good ones and everybody else gets stuck with the leftovers. I like that. Yeah. I like that <laughs> dispersal. Of, of thirds yeah and the, and the, the what i'm really excited about the first time we did rise was we i didn't do it but the people who did it just had kids name five courses they wanted to do and then the teachers went through and scheduled everybody and some kids didn't do that survey very seriously so like i didn't sign up for that and we're like no actually look at here are the five things you listed and hindu mysticism was one of the five you chose <laughs> so that's why you're in hindu mysticism um so some kids just sort of clicked buttons and didn't really weren't really thoughtful about their choices. Um, what I'm happy about is that when we do it this time, there's not going to be any give us the five and we'll make it work. It's going to be your sessions have opened up. You need to go and sign up now. You'll click and you'll the kids will know, oh, in the morning for Rise, I'll be doing this thing. In the afternoon, I'll be doing this thing. Or some sessions run all day. So kids will know, you know, by mid-March, they'll have chosen their classes and know what they're doing. Know what they're doing. Yeah. So it sounds like you've taken some of those less popular um, topics based on student feedback and perhaps created more offerings in, like, all right, maybe nobody signed up for um, underwater basket weaving with Russ, but 300 people signed up for pizza making you now can offer instead of one section of pizza making, you can offer two because Russ isn't going to teach underwater basket weaving. 
he'll teach a second section of pizza making and also eliminated the um, kind of wonderment about what am I going to be taking? What am I going to be assigned to? Yes. Because I'm actually choosing. Like, right. like we do during C3 when students actually go in and they choose their, their clubs, their activities, their social spaces. They actually sign up for it. Sounds like that's what's happening. That, that's, and we're actually using the same system, that adaptive scheduler, which kids are used to we're using that exact same system for signups. And you're right. It takes away that sort of finger crossing and, and hand wringing about, will I get one of the ones that I actually wanted when I'm given my course? Instead, it's I'm, I'm choosing the course myself and getting it myself. Um, and yes, pizza making is not a good example because we have limited stoves in the building and there are several cooking <laughs> classes that are right on the schedule. But yes, yeah, so if Russ's underwater basket weaving isn't popular, Russ might run a second section of um, tie-dye t-shirt making or something. Um, something that I encounter in my seat as a school counselor is I'm failing math. Is there a rise to make up math credit. Yeah, so what's the what's the school's slash district's philosophy around kind of using rise time as a way to uh, re recover academic credit? Yeah, so that idea of, I think it's called credit recovery or kids in the situation you described. Um, in, a couple other schools that run programs similar to rise have that as mandatory. Like if you've gotten below this score, you're failing a course, part of your RISE or their version of RISE has to be that credit recovery piece. And um, when RISE was originally uh, imagined by Peter Langella and Abby Bowker and supported by the board and administration, et cetera, they really didn't want to do that. And the reason for that was the purpose that for CBU to be doing RISE was to give kids, an ex give kids a time when they're learning about something that they want to be learning about. And taking that away from a student who's failing algebra two and saying, oh, sorry, you can't do the fun thing. You have to do algebra two. Well, that might feel from a teacher perspective or an adult perspective, like, well, that makes sense. They didn't get it done and they got to pay the price for not doing well in algebra two. Um, I think the district's perspective, and I, and I know my perspective, and I think Adam Bunting as well, is that a lot of times those kids who are in that credit recovery situation are kids for whom school already isn't working. And RISE is meant to kind of get a hook into kids with learning about something they want to learn about. And one of those kids who's getting all these bad grades are often the kids who we need to find a way to hook them into just the idea of learning and taking it away from that kid and giving it to somebody else because they have good grades runs really counter to what RISE is about. And um, Anthony Spagnolo, who's the uh, Chittenden uh, Nichols, Nichols House director, had a story about a student who, who was ex ex in exactly that situation, had, had pretty much failed everything that year, had a horrible year, and was struggling academically and making some bad choices socially. Um, Anthony ran, ran a rap a rap session, learning how to rap. And he said that at the end... Not Christmas presents. Not, no, not no, R-A-P, cool kid rap. D, maybe it might have been DJing, but rapping was part of it. And he said this student, um, the, the last assignment they did was they took... And take a children's book and then like make a beat to, to rap over and then wrap the children's book. And he said this student performed a live rap on the last day of Rise of, I think it was Green Eggs and Ham. And he said that it was, that this student had said like it was the first time they'd felt successful and felt really proud of something they had done at school, which 
really captures um, what Rise is about, is helping kids to see um, that they are capable, they are able to learn, and that if they can find things they want to learn about, they're able to do that stuff. The other part about Rise that I, I like and I've had some <laughs> feedback around is is connecting with adults that the student might not otherwise have had a class with. I've got students or had students who were not interested or facile with learning a world language, but they did arise with a world language professor or teacher rather. And that, that established a rapport that then resulted in a letter of recommendation and, mm-hmm. and, and things like that, because you just, there are classes that some students don't want to take, aren't, are interested in, but RISE does provide some of that other connection. To kind of move outside of your normal path of travel. If you're like, yep. oh, I'm a, I'm a science math guy. I'm going to do all the high-end science and math and do the least I can do for humanities stuff. I don't like humanities. You have you and your humanities teacher who you don't have for classes, but you guys cross paths through an interest, a shared interest in bread making or whatever. And now you've got this new relationship that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah, we got that great oven. Are we doing a bread making workshop? We are. Yeah, we have. It's uh, It's bread it's bread and pizza making yeah i remember and and it's it rise sounds an awful lot like mm-hmm. the and you and i have been here for a while peter an awful lot like the old school grad challenge yeah and and i remember um we've got some students who have put up art exhibits that were based around grad challenge i think if you walk into uvm davis center uh, the, the whole gla- blown glass project up there started from a grad challenge project yeah. or um, we've got restaurants that have opened based on grad challenge projects. We have, um, a, we have a bronze, silver medal, silver medal uh, ski jumper, Yep, which was a grad, which started, it was a gymnast who for grad challenge did, did freestyle ski jumping in, in senior year and just got, a, I think it was a silver medal she got at the Olympics last year. Yep. So I think that there really is value in in Rise. It's just um, it's making sure students choose those projects wisely. Yeah, and and the, the thing I've, I've already mentioned this once. I'm going to hit it get, hit it again. I think it's really important is that when kids sit down and they there's three things they want to do, and they sit down that day, and none of those things are available. I would much rather, rather than have them go, well, I guess I got to choose something. I'll, I guess I will do underwater basket weaving with Russ, even though it sounds horrible. I guess I'll sign up for that. Like, it, it would be horrible. Um, that rather than doing that, to stop and say, okay, well, what do you want to do? So, and what do you and your two friends want to do? We can, that, that's, you would sign up there for the independent learning seminar where we would help you put together a way to do the thing you want to be doing. Um, and, 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 so you're not locked into those prescribed right, choices. Absolutely. It really is. All right. Surviving for three days in the woods isn't on the list. It's what I want to do. Can I do it? Absolutely. And I remember um, within reason. All, well, yeah. And all and going back, going back four years to 2019, the last time we did this, I remember um, a student, two students came together and basically said, can we go golfing for two weeks and can we learn golf? And they were clear. They were like grinning as they said it. Like, can we scan the system? Almost literally saying, can we scan the system? Is this go golfing? And Carly Rivard, who was in charge of the independent learning seminar, said, well, no, because you wouldn't be learning anything. But, and she kind of helped them massage that into, they, I think they ran a, like a golf camp for kids over at Heinsberg, um, community, Heinsberg Community School. Um, so even though they came kind of saying like, oh, can we game the system? 
rather than be like, no, you're being dumb, go away. Carly said, well, if that's what your interest is, how can we massage this and turn this into something where you are learning some new skills, but you're doing something you want to do. So this, this really is not about like, you have to do this, even if it's horrible. The school is putting a lot of time, effort, money, people power into creating systems where for two weeks, kids can do something they genuinely want to do, even if it's trying to survive for three days in the woods. You know, that if, you, if the courses that teachers are offering don't interest you, and if you're a parent listening to this, turn to your son or daughter and say, well, what do you want to do for those two weeks? What would you enjoy learning about for those two weeks? Go find Peter, talk to Peter, see what you can figure out. I was going to ask you if there are any final words, but I think we should end there. That was great. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Okay. Thank you.